Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever struggled with a sin that you just can't seem to shake? Have you ever felt like something has control of you rather than you having control of it? In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss the consequences of sin and how a person is able to overcome the bondage that sin creates. Let's join the discussion now. Hey, Nate, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How good. are you doing, Paul? How's your finger? Um, it's good. It doesn't hurt anymore. It's just the glue starting to peel off, so I'm trying to like keep it bandaged so that it doesn't start <laughs> bleeding again. <laughs> uh, if you weren't didn't listen to the teaching yesterday. Nate shared with us a little bit about his owie that he got. <laughs> I got a boo-boo. <laughs> He's out ethically harvesting meat. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. You'll have to listen oh, to the not? teaching if you did. Yeah. <laughs> I had some unethical meat last night. Okay. It, it, I don't know. Taste I can't taste. I mean, I, I'm, I I'm not say saying that the other meat is bad. I'm just saying <laughs> that if you're going to give hunting a hard time, like hunting is the most ethical way to source your meat like amen and so, so with that that's our uh that's gonna be the podcast for today that's it and so that's <laughs> it thanks for tuning in have a good one <laughs> you uh uh yesterday talked about um being sick and uh how I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more but I'm, I'm just curious what's the sickest you've ever been Ooh. I mean, I, I had some, some big ones when I was a kid, but I, it's hard to remember exactly. I think either there's one or two times that I had the flu that I was really sick um, or the first time that I had COVID. I've had COVID twice mm. or at least twice that I know of. Um, but the first time I got COVID, I was really sick. I was sick for 10 plus days in bed, like just out. And then when I started getting up and back out again, it was like I was lightheaded and I, it got me pretty good the first time. So, yeah. 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 That COVID is, can be nasty sometimes for sure. Yeah. Now it's like, I get the sniffles and I'm like, oh, oh, yep. Had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the second time I got COVID, I actually tested and I never had any symptoms. So I think maybe my first sickness got it all out. Right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if it works like that, but I'm not, I'm not a doctor. But I don't I'm know. I'm not sure if it works. Now COVID like doesn't exist. It's just. Oh, it's just sick. It's just sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in China. And then it's like they're still locking you down. Oh, wow. But wow. glad that's over here. Glad I'm not there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you were using that uh, analogy about being sick and about how you mentioned how sin is a, a disease and the death which sin causes is not so much a, a punishment for sin as it is a natural cause or a natural result of the disease of sin. Uh and, and you mentioned, you know, just you were using that sickness as a kind of an example, like when you get sick, it's not, it could sometimes, I guess, be because of something you did, you know, yeah. you get sick as a result of Ate something too much you pizza. did. <laughs> yeah, you get sick to your stomach. Um, but, you know, sometimes you do, you just, you, you catch the flu, you know, from being in uh, society or whatever. And, um, and it just, it happens, you know, in a sense, kind of naturally and, and sin, you know, so you were, you were talking about how we often look at sin as an action that we do 
Um, but you were you were talking about how it's more like a, a disease that we have than mm. sinfulness is, you know, in, and you said it's both. But um, I was just curious, like, uh, and just wanted to talk about this a little bit because I don't know if maybe some of our listeners, this is a new thought to them, uh, and they hadn't thought about it much. But so this sin disease that, that you were discussing and talking about, is that something that, that we're all born with? You mm-hmm. know, is that just like, uh, how, do you, how do you contract it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there's some clarification that's probably important is that it's not that sin isn't an action. I mean, we all commit sin, right? And we do it on a regular basis. Um, there is an action and we are culpable. We are guilty and responsible for those actions that we commit. But we are born into sin. Um, and we're, we're born with it, with the disease of sin, the sin nature, you know, you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what the Bible calls the flesh. Uh, we're born as sinners. And so a sinner sins. And the sin is an act, right? Like sinning is an act. It's an action that we perform. And you can, in the moment, there are many times when you can choose not to sin, right? Mm-hmm. But Or to, to follow through with that sin. But I I think that the way that we tend to view sin, I think it's better if we view it as what it, as the disease that it is, because the, 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 the specific one-off action of, of a sin committed is not, um, the same as the fact that we are sinners and because we are sinners, we are destined for death that sin brings death in our lives, just like a disease brings death. Just like if you contracted Ebola, you are, it's going to be a high likelihood that you're going to die. Now, sin is 100%, so it's a little bit different, but um, it's a natural consequence. The natural consequence of sin is death. Now, we can look at this from the other perspective of the justice of God, and God does punish sin. I'm not saying that there's not a punishment for sin, Jesus Christ took the punishment for sin. That's there is a punishment, but the wages of sin is death. Romans six twenty three. Wages is is I mean it's a paycheck. It's mm-hmm. it's what's naturally earned. It's a natural consequence, and so the 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 consequence that we receive for our sin, whatever sin it is, is death. If you drink poison, you die. Right. If you contract the flu, you're going to be sick in bed. You know. Um, and I think that it's important for us to understand that because a lot of times people think, well, I'm, I'm a pretty good person, you know, and I've never killed anybody. I've never, you know, like committed sexual assault. I've never done these things. And so surely I've been pretty good. Surely I'm good enough to go, you know, like if there's a heaven, then I should be able to get in. Mm. And that's wrong thinking because even the smallest sin is an infection in your soul that brings death to your soul. Mm. And, and we're born with that. It's not that you wake up one day and you're like, oop, I sinned, now I'm done for. <laughs> it's yeah. You were born as a sinner and you've lived as a sinner since you were born. And anybody who's had kids knows that even as cute as little babies and stuff are, I mean, like there's moments when it's like, okay, you're just a little sinner right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're just a little selfish little sinner right now. You know, I've got three of them. They're mostly, you know, they're much bigger now, but I just like, even from those early, early years, it's like, wait a second, what are you doing right now? Okay. Mm-hmm. I see. 
Um, and, and that's the sin nature that we're born with because of Adam. And so there's a difference between our sin nature that causes us to sin and actually the act of sinning. But, um, the sin nature, I really believe is being the thing that causes death in us is, uh, more like a disease than it is like an act. And it's not a matter of how many times you've sinned. It's whether you've contracted the disease or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think like in scripture, I think like yeast is used mm-hmm. as an example of, of sin, you know, how it just, once it gets in there, it just like goes throughout the whole, all the dough, you yeah. know, it just consumes all of it. Or leprosy yeah. it's another example, I think, in scripture of, of sin. And leprosy is a, a disease that starts on the inside. You don't even know you have it. You don't see it. And then it works its way out eventually. Yeah. And kind of the same idea that we're born with this sin disease that mm-hmm. starts to work out of us. And yet it doesn't take long. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You mean you didn't teach your kids to sin? They <laughs> no. just figured it out on no, their they own. they just figured it out on their own. Yeah, it's like they already know. It's They know how to do that just as instinctively as, as crying, you know? Yeah. Well, so how do we get healed of this sin disease then? Yeah. Well, there's a cure for that. And that's, Praise that's God. yes, absolutely. And that's what Jesus came. I mean, it says the way, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal mm-hmm. life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And um, so just as we've all received death because of sin in our lives we have anyone who's placed their faith in jesus has received the cure for that sin the blood of jesus washes us from all unrighteousness as the scripture says and so um jesus was the only human to ever live without sin the only one that was ever perfect and never sinned not once and as such he is the only human who was qualified to be the cure for sin in our lives. So the sacrifice of the one who didn't deserve to die and couldn't and wasn't destined for death, um, his blood made the way for the rest of us to receive the cure for that indwelling sin, um, which is forgiveness for our past and redemption for our future. So, Mm. Okay, this is unscripted. And so this thought just came into my head. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. <laughs> so this might <laughs> judging by the, the look on your here. face. I don't know. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> so I've heard people say that sin is carried through the male DNA. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've heard this and before the fact too. that Jesus didn't have a fleshly father. That's why he was without sin. And since it was Adam, you know, and you shared that scripture in the teaching, you know, that sin entered through Adam. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) The first time I heard that I was in college and the guy was like talking about, he just kind of went way off, off the deep end on this subject. Um, So, but I've not really looked into that since then. And I don't know that I believe that or not. I'm not really sure. Um, I believe Jesus was born of a virgin birth and that he was born without sin, Mm -hmm. right? Where, as we see in the Psalms, you know, in sin, I was brought forth and born. And so, so there's something different about the birth of Christ. For sure. That makes him, that made it so that he was not, a sinner that he didn't have a sin nature 
And and I want to know what that was like uh, having a, a, a toddler that didn't see. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> it's like imagine being Jesus's brothers afterwards. Like it's oh, Mary and Joseph raised this so literally perfect child, and then you start. Then you then comes along comes James, and it's like. James, why can't you be like your older brother? Yeah. Well, they wanted they wanted him dead, so you can imagine. You can imagine they were. Yeah, I would imagine for sure. Um, yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I, I mean, that's a question I'm going to ask God, but I'm not going to make a definitive <laughs> statement on that now. Well, in the verse that we studied yesterday, Ephesians one seven, uh, talked about that we have been forgiven and redeemed. Um, so talk to us about forgiveness and redemption and what is different about those two things. Yeah. Well, forgiveness, I mean, I think we know we know what forgiveness is. You know, if you've done something wrong to somebody, you go and apologize and ask for forgiveness. You ask them to forgive you for the thing that you have done. Um, and forgiveness is about past actions. It's It's dealing with your past. It's, I messed up, would you forgive me? Um, where redemption is not about the past. Redemption deals with the, the present and the future. So forgiveness deals with your past. Redemption deals with your present and your future. Mm-hmm. And so redemption is, is looking forward. Forgiveness is looking back. Redemption is looking forward. So forgiveness, as we've received forgiveness through the blood of Christ, we've received covering for all of that sin. So we all, you know, every one of us can look at our past and say, man, I'm a sinner. I've blown it. I've, I did this, I did that, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Forgiveness covers all of that. But with that clean slate, when we're looking forward in life, we, without redemption, we're still just forgiven. And just being forgiven means that we're going to have to just be forgiven, 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 mm-hmm. keep going forward, right? Mm-hmm. And not that we don't. I mean, we do, like, but Jesus' blood covered our forgiveness, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. But the redemption is buying us and setting us free it's like a it's a purchase it's a it's a ransom paid for our liberation is literally the the definition of the greek word that was used to say redemption it's like the the redemption was paid for us that the ransom was paid so that we are free from our slavery to sin so i'm all about this. I'm so fired up about this because I just love the teaching yesterday. Not that I don't love all the teachings. You better, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Especially they, when you give them, right? No, <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are the ones I hate the most. The, um, the, but just, man, I'd never heard it explained that way. And it just clicked for me, you know, and like I, I understood those things, but then it just really kind of put a label on, on those thoughts that I had had. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's such a cool thing to think about, you know, because like you, you said, you know, there's so many Christians that you see that are just stuck like, well, I've been forgiven for what I did yesterday, but then they just go back and do it again. And then, okay, now I'm forgiven. And they live in this, what you talked about, this bondage uh, to sin, not walking in this redemption that they have you know mm-hmm. i always think when i think of redemption i always think back to when we lived in california when you bought like a six pack of soda you know you're you had five or six cans how many cans were in a six pack um <laughs> six cans and you had a you had to pay an extra nickel for each of those now when you brought those cans back and turned them back in you got that nickel back for right. each can it was called the california redemption value yeah and i always think about that like that nickel those nickels they they were put in the cash register 
And then when I brought the can back, it redeemed those nickels out of that cash register and they were free, you know, yeah, to, right. <laughs> to go into the world, you know. And, um, but that, that idea uh, that you spoke about and, and we spent time in the teaching looking at of, of being freed from the bondage to sin, that that's part of that. Now, does that happen for every Christian when they come to faith in Christ? Are they freed from the bondage of sin or is that something that happens later? Like, are they forgiven at one point and then they're redeemed later or are those things happen simultaneously? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. The, so the correct theological answer to that is yes. It's at the moment that you place your faith in Jesus, those chains are broken. Now, practically speaking, many people live as if they are still in bondage to their past, to sin, still under slavery to sin, but it's not because they are, it's mm-hmm. not because they haven't been redeemed and they haven't been liberated. It's because they go back to those things thinking that they're still chained to them even when they're not and so this is where this the the like we talked about last week the spiritual blessing comes in where we have to grab hold of it by faith because um you know we talked about the gift cards and the the gift cards only you know useful to you when you actually spend it right and it's the same thing with this the redemption that we received in christ is only useful to us when we walk in it when we recognize that we aren't a slave to that sin anymore and we leave it behind because we've been redeemed. And the redemption happened the moment you put your trust in Jesus. You were set free, the chains were broken. But often what happens is it it becomes a process in our lives of sanctification as we learn to trust that redemption. Because we it's not that it wasn't there, but many times it takes many years to learn to recognize that freedom and to learn to trust that. Now I've seen it happen in people's lives in an instant, you know, where somebody got saved and suddenly they're off of drugs or whatever it might be. Um, And I've seen it in in my life where, I mean, I'm like, I had a moment where I realized that I had been redeemed, where I had been liberated, had been set free. And I was completely free from this thing that I had been in bondage to, right? Mm Now, the bondage wasn't there at all. It was really never there because I was free in Christ, but I had imagined this bondage in my mind, this, yeah. this slavery in my mind. Yeah. And when I had this realization, it was like, wait a second, I'm not stuck in this. I've mm-hmm. been set free. And I just walked into that liberation and it was like, I'm free. And I didn't have to go back to it anymore. You know, and That doesn't mean that there's not temptation. We all face temptation. You know, We all face those things throughout life, but... But with the temptation, God always makes a way of escape, right? Like he said. So the bondage is not there anymore if you're a believer in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I have the, the same story just share real briefly. But, I mean, I was a drunk. I was a pastor, but I was a drunk. And it was like I was living a secret life. That, But I got I, I don't like to call it an alcoholic because that's not in the Bible, but drunk is in the Bible, <laughs> yeah. and that's what yeah. I was. And I, I think I, I got drunk every night that i mean every day and i just had it all everything in order hidden from my wife you know and all of that stuff and but i i wanted to stop but i just felt like i was in bondage and i remember i'll never forget i was sitting in the the parking lot in front of the liquor store and i was just like man i wish i could just not do this you know Mm. and god just spoke to me and he's like you're not a drunk. And I'm like, 
you haven't been paying attention because I'm yeah. definitely <laughs> a drunk. Okay. And, and I just felt like the Lord was like, no, you're not, you're not. Mm. And, and what he was showing me is that I was a new creation and I didn't have to live any longer as though I was a drunk that I was freed from that. Yeah. And I didn't go into that liquor store and I have never had a drop of alcohol knowingly <laughs> um, since, you yeah. know, and that was just something personally for me in my life. But it was just, like you said, like that way out, that door got so huge, you know, and that was, it was so much easier to say no to that temptation um, when I realized that I wasn't in bondage to this and this thing had no power over me at all. Like, could it like, like you know, just take control of me? Like, Oh, right. go walking into that liquor store. Oh, I don't know what's happening to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, that I, I totally relate to that and stuff. But, um, so I, I don't think you could find a Christian that would say, well, that's, it's not true. You know, that we're a new creation. I think every Christian believes that. I mean, it's in right. the Bible. Yeah. What's the difference between believing that we're a new creation and walking in that newness of life that you spoke of? Yeah. I think that believing that we're a new creation is the hard part. And again, it's, it's that appropriating that spiritual gift by faith, that spiritual blessing by faith, that even though I don't feel like a new creation, mm. that I am. And the amazing thing about that is I think we don't feel like we're a new creation a lot of the time. And because we don't feel like we're a new creation, we hold this lower view of ourselves than we should. Because as a new creation in Christ, I am perfectly redeemed. Mm. I mean, and even like we talked about last week, those whom he predestined, who he chose, he called, who he called, he justified, who he justified, he glorified, right? He like... In a, in a sense, right now, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, yeah. as we'll get to in Ephesians later. We're, we're seated with him. Like, positionally, we are perfect before Christ. Now, we still deal with sin on this earth, and we still deal with that stuff, but I think that we have such a low view of ourselves because of who we see in our sin nature, in the, the, the old person, that we can't see who we are in God's eyes as he's remade us as a new creation. And uh, I think if we could see that, that we would walk in a lot more freedom yeah. from sin. Yeah. Now you shared that example of the, the eagle that was chained up and mm -hmm. walking in a circle and uh, wore a rut. And then when it was unchained, kept walking in that circle, stayed in the rut. Yeah. And even though it could fly, uh, it was just so used to that. I, I've seen that a lot. I'm, I'm sure you have over the years in ministry. I've seen a lot of people who uh, almost seem afraid to yeah. walk in newness of life. What do you think might create, maybe somebody who's listening to this, you know, like, you know, they're, they're hearing what you're saying about, you know, their new creation and everything. But then when they think about what would my life be like, you know, like, mm -hmm. what do you think? Is is with that, and what would you we say to somebody who's afraid of walking in newness of life? Yeah, I think sometimes the the fear comes not from what it would be like, like receiving that newness of life. I don't think anybody doesn't want that. I think everybody does want that, but I think that the fear comes from 
especially when it comes to addictions, not having our coping mechanism. Yeah. Is it, what, what, like, how am I going to make it without going back to the alcohol? Yeah. How am I going to make it without going back to my phone, without going back to that link, without going back mm. to this? How am I going to make it without this thing in my life? And it's kind of what you said, you know, about your experience with, with alcohol was like, you felt like I'm, I'm a drunk. Like, this is what I am. And I can't function without this. And God's like, no, you're not. That's not who you are. Mm. You are a new creation and you don't need that. And life is going to be better without that. Yeah. And um, I think that's where we, and I know I too, like, I mean, this is my, this is, this is my default mode is to be a person that's addicted to things, whether it's, you know, sugar or alcohol or whatever it might be in life. You know, it's like, we all struggle with things, but like, that was my personality. I would always go from, I'd, I'd be a, like, particularly in my late teens and through my twenties, it was like, I would struggle with something. I'd be like, keep going back to that thing for like a coping mechanism or whatever. And then it'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I'd find myself doing find something different. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's, so I'd go from one thing to another. And I think the, the new creation that we are doesn't need those things. Hmm. We don't need those things. We're set free and we have life in Christ that is far better than any, momentary coping that we can receive from any physical or mental or emotional fulfillment that we receive from sin or so even things that aren't in themselves sin. Like it's not, it's not a sin to have a drink, right? right. It's a sin to be drunk yep. and to depend on it. It's not a sin to, you know, um, like there, there's just, there, there's a lot of things that aren't even sin in themselves that we make sin because we, we find our purpose or life in them. Oh yeah. I, I had a similar experience with ice cream <laughs> okay. that it became my, my source of peace at so the what's, end of what's, a difficult day. What's the word for like, for like, what's the, what's the equivalent of a drunk when it comes to ice cream? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't crump, know either. A cream kung, I don't know. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. But, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's a very real thing. I mean, yeah. like that's probably, I would say that that's even like, not that I, bar myself from eating sugar because I think sometimes you can go to the other extreme of things. But like, mm -hmm. even for myself, sometimes I find myself, Ooh, that looks really good. Or like, Oh, I had a hard day. I deserve this. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like with ice cream or sugar or whatever, or a, yeah. a meal that you wouldn't normally eat. I mean, we can, we can turn to all sorts of things for coping. Yeah. And that's, you know, that kind of leads into the next question I wanted to ask was, um, you know, those are, some of these things are specific actions like, you know, um, being a drunk well you don't buy the beer and drink the beer you know then you've you know you're out of the bondage to that mm -hmm. like it's just you just don't do that the other thing is in the mind um the bondage that takes place in the mind and i see this so often these days um specifically with like anxiety or worry um f first like this kind of a two-part question but do you see those things as sinful uh anxiety and worry and is it possible then you know as you're talking about being freed from the bondage of of things is it f possible for jesus to f to free us from the bondage to those things anxiety and worry yeah i i think well i think worry truly worry is repeatedly spoken against in the scripture like if we're talking about worry I mean, Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Do not worry about like, 
do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Like worry is something that uh, like, if I'm going to say like sinful, I mean, yes, probably, probably worry is anxiety might be a different, I might put that in a different category. Anxiety and worry can be very closely related. Mm -hmm. You can be anxious about something you're worrying about. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you can also be, be, have anxiety as a physical response to stress in your life. You know what I mean? So I, I think if anxiety is a sin, then Jesus is a sinner because Jesus experienced extreme anxiety in the garden. And so anxiety is not a sin. Worry, on the other hand, is, is looking at the future with fear about what's going to happen. And so worry, I would say is sinful. Um, I mean, does the Bible say worry is a sin? No, but I think that we can't look at worry and see the fruit of worry and say that it's not sinful. Okay. Like the fruit of worry in my mind is sinful. And that's why Jesus says, do not worry. Um, but I think that we can be in bondage to worry. We can be in bondage to anxiety as well, even though anxiety might be a a, a natural reaction to things going on. Sometimes I think that we can find ourselves in anxiety about it. Like, Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Like I already quoted that earlier, Philippians four, but, um, where I think that we can experience freedom from those things as well, you know? And if we're allowing our worry to cause anxiety, then I think that is something that we should look for freedom from for sure. Yeah. It's probably a whole other podcast, I guess, yeah. <laughs> to talk, you know, really in depth and give it the time it deserves. But, but you do believe that those are things that we can be freed of. We're not locked into yeah. that. So if somebody's listening to this and they struggle with anxiety a lot, or mm-hmm. they're always worried about stuff, and um, that there is a freedom from those yeah. things. And so maybe we'll, we'll do a special totally. podcast sometime. No, that'd be good. That. And I and I would say that honestly, anxiety is something that I deal with. Uh, like, and I've learned to recognize it and I've learned to, to say, okay, Oh, this is what's going on. This is what I need to do. And then I deal with it and it goes away. So absolutely. You can experience freedom from that. And it has a lot to do with recognizing it and walking in that freedom. And I think worry is similar along the same lines. Worry is more thinking and anxiety is more feeling. Mm. I think I'd put it that way where like a worry is like, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills tomorrow. And then you start thinking about it and you can't it's stop thinking about, thing it you're thinking about it and it leads you down this, this path, uh, where the, the fear and the constant dwelling upon that becomes sinful in your mind because you're not willing to give it up. Um, and so, but I think that those things are things that we receive freedom from. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have said, you know, don't be anxious about yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus wouldn't have said, do not worry, you right, know? Right. Um, so absolutely. I think those are things that we can experience freedom from for sure. Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. I, f- I feel like I could talk about this for hours. I just really appreciate the teaching yesterday. Uh, got me fired up. Uh, like I said, and, uh, and so, yeah, if you're listening to this and you feel like sin has got control of you and you cannot get out of that, you know, reach out to a brother or sister in the Lord uh, talk with them. I know that confession of sin a lot of times uh, brings that healing that you need. Uh, sometimes just bringing it into the light will dissolve its strength in your life as well. And uh, yeah, if you don't have somebody to talk to, always we're we're available to you here at Mountain Life and uh, as pastors, and uh, would love to help you 
uh, walk into that freedom, that newness of life. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing like it, and it's available to you for sure. So thanks for your time, Nate, and uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week on Unscripted. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.